0: Hi, I'm Steve Thomas. This is Cacophony. Let's dive into some great music. But first, a warning. This episode may contain nuns and timeless transcendental music. I've been thinking about singing and the history of vocal music. And obviously that's an enormous topic. I was thinking about how it began and that there may be two routes that you could take. There's a secular side Folk songs, love songs, wandering minstrels, hey nonny no, and that kind of thing. And the spiritual side, singing to the glory of God. So today's episode takes us to Germany, in the 1100s, and a nunnery. Regardless of whether you have religious beliefs, or what they might be, this is music that's been part of Western civilization for over a thousand years, and composers writing with their God in mind have written some of the most beautiful and moving music around. Hildegard von Bingen is one of those people we probably all should have heard of. I don't know how well-known she is in the real world, because I've spent so much of my life in the classical music bubble, where she's kind of pretty well-known. Hildegard is one of the earliest-known composers, where we can say for certain that a given piece of music was written by them. Now that in itself is pretty interesting, because most of the pieces that we hear on Cacophony have been written by blokes, Female composers, like women in pretty much every other sphere of society, have been marginalised, ignored, encouraged, or even told to stop for most of the last thousand years. Occasionally in life, you meet people who seem to live on another plane of existence. They're so able, talented in various different things, and Hildegard seems to me like one of those. She was sent off to the nunnery when she was ten, and once she was there... Possibly even before she was there, she had a series of religious, mystical visions, many of which she wrote down, not because she wanted to, but because the voices that she was hearing were telling her that she had to. As a result, she's regarded as a saint. In the last ten years, the Pope, the last one, not the current one, gave her a doctorate, which places her alongside the likes of St Thomas Augustine and St Thomas Aquinas, and only 27 others great theologians who shaped and defined the catholic church in the medieval times and made it um what it is today so hildegard became the abbess running the community of nuns she wrote music for the church services and to help nuns explore their spiritual and inner life she wrote the earliest existing morality play with music to go alongside it if that's not enough she wrote extensive books on the natural world science and medicine, books detailing the causes and cures for a whole range of ailments and illnesses, and books cataloguing and classifying the plant and animal worlds. She was highly regarded enough in her own lifetime to have been allowed to go on public speaking tours, which is pretty unusual for a nun. She went on four separate tours around Germany, and much of her speaking concentrated on condemning church corruption and calling for reform She sounds quite something, doesn't she? Finally, she knew enough of her own value to make sure that at the end of her life, all of her important writings, her visions, her books, her music, her letters, were gathered together in one volume, so that we still have them today, and that we know they're hers. It's called the Reason Codex, which sounds like something from a Dan Brown mystery, but just means giant book, an apt name, for something that weighs in at 15 kilos. We're going to listen to one of Hildegard's anthems, O Victorio Sisimi Triumphatores. Victors in your triumph, how great is your reward! This is a hymn to martyrs, saints, and the early Christians who were considered to be building blocks of the medieval church. So this isn't really a piece for a church service as such, it's more a piece for the nuns to sing and reflect to help them on their inner spiritual journey. It's full of the imagery of sacrifice, of Jesus as the sacrificial lamb, and the early Christians joining him via their own deaths. And it's got a kind of exultant, almost ecstatic quality to it. It doesn't really matter how you feel about the sentiment of it, it's music that transports you, and as it's in Latin, it's perfectly easy to put all that to one side if you want to. So it transports you not only back to this vision of medieval cloisters and perhaps any cathedral you've ever visited, arches, vaulted ceilings and dusty sunlight shining through high windows, but it's also music that transports you upwards. Hildegard weaves long and intricate lines, spending a long time on individual words and syllables. But the music also sort of soars in waves and arcs. This is all music in one line, There's no harmony involved yet in church music. So it's either one singer or a group in unison, but always singing the same thing, all one vocal line. One of the things I really love is how, just as she's reached at the top of a phrase, you think she's going to come down again. Hildegard keeps going, taking you ever higher. There's always, if you like, another peak just beyond the one you've reached. I think it's very effective. It's no wonder that music like this still has the power to move us nearly 1,000 years after it was written. You may or may not agree with the detail of the sentiment, but it doesn't matter. There's a healing beauty and simplicity in this music. There's a timeless feeling, maybe perhaps because there's no rhythm as such, or because there's so much space in the music, but it really points to something timeless in us, a place of silence and stillness. I think we should have a listen click on the links below, and then if the music moves you, please comment at Cacophony Online or on the Facebook page. It would be great to hear from you. Please rate, share and subscribe to the podcast. Thanks for listening. Come back for more next time.